0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. We last, last week um, played the original cast yep. of our conversation about work relationships. And so this week we wanted to do a question and answer and answer some of the questions that you guys have emailed to us, Facebook to us, about. Um, job and work-related stress and issues and relationships, okay? So for those of you all who don't know or for those of you all who do, I'm going to offer a reminder for you. Um, I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we do everything from behavioral health, um, from individual, group therapy, medication management, public speaking, and um, image control.
1: And my background is in corporate America, and here at New Orleans Associates, I focus on mock interviews, resume consults in
0: career counseling. Got it. Thanks, Darren. So listen, let's just say this. Everybody works, right? And if you work, you have relationships at work. Even for those of you all that work remotely, you work from home. You have uh, Skype meetings, online meetings, all these different things that you do. You do all of these different things with your work relationships. And we want to give you some time to talk about how to manage these work relationships because it's more than eight, nine hours a day Uh, five days a week, sometimes six days a week that people work.
1: And, folks, you know, your relationships at work are crucial to your success at your work, your career, how far you're going to go. The further you go up the corporate ladder, the more your relationships are going to come into play on how you can get along with people, how you can motivate your team, how you relate to all different levels of your organization, okay? So these are key. a couple, So let's kind of summarize real quick what we did last week. Uh, two weeks ago from our conversation about work relationships. We talked about knowing your boss, getting an understanding of his communication, his or her communication style, what's important to them. We talked about um, knowing your company. Each company is different. What's the core values that that company uh, is looking for? What's their vision? How do they uh, view their key metrics, what they consider important? That's always important to know. Um, Talking about letting yourself be known by your company. Let people know, um, again, after you get hired, what what your kind of your hobbies are, what your career goals are, kind of a little bit about your family so they get to know you, so they feel comfortable with you. Um, it's important for you to also, we talked about knowing your corporate values. What do you think is right or wrong? How do you feel people should be treated? Um, do you believe in empowering people, things of that nature? What's your kind of corporate stance?
0: What's your leadership
1: style? What's your leadership style, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So you can understand of who you are professionally. You may know who you are um, socially, but who are you as a professional person? Right. Those things are important for you to understand.
0: And you know? can be different, by the way. And it can be
1: different. I, I've known several people. If you ever done, like, the personality studies? And uh, they're one way at work. And, they, and uh, coworkers of mine said, you know what, I'm totally different at at home. The person was very aggressive, very assertive at home. He said, at home, hey, whatever my wife wants to do, that, that's it. I'm, I'm not asserting whatsoever at home. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, that's totally not how you're at work. He said, but at home, I'm a totally different person. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's important for you to understand who you are, mm-hmm. okay? We also talked about knowing your coworkers. You know, outside of your boss, your coworkers are vital for your success in your career also because people talk, people can share information or not share information, find out who those key coworkers are, you know, the go-to people who your boss may rely on for information, whether they have a position of leadership officially or not, finding out who those key coworkers are, and make sure you're building good relationships. Last one we talked about was as a leader, what's your responsibility for a leader um, in corporate America and building a relationship with your team and setting the vision for your individual team. Absolutely. So a lot of good stuff, so definitely go back. If you didn't hear it yet, go back and listen to the, the podcast on that. Get some good information for you. Okay?
0: Absolutely. Now, before we get into the questions, a couple things I want people to know. We're not in your work environment, Right. So when you send a question in to us, we answer the best that we can, but we're not in your work environment. So if you need some individual assistance, if you feel like, listen, I need some real coaching on how to manage my my work relationships, contact the office and ask to speak directly to Darren. Either make an appointment to see him, he can do it. We can use technology. But you really want to be making sure because – so many people now aren't retiring at 60, they're going to 65. People are working to 70 years old because that's the way finances are rolling. And so you have to be really careful that you're keeping your corporate, your work image intact.
1: Absolutely. You don't want to burn any bridges or things like that because guess what? You may need to come back to a company you previously worked with. Maybe
0: 20 years ago. Maybe
1: 20 years ago because, like you said, 60 years old, I, you know, I need a couple more years of work and more employment and I need something different for mm-hmm. whatever reason.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm going to start reading the questions. I'm going to Darren just jump into the questions. Sure, and go ahead. The first one says, "How do you recover from a bad performance review?"
1: That's a, that's a great question because um, obviously the feedback is coming from your boss, supervisor, manager, whatever the case may be, providing you feedback uh, on your performance. And hopefully, if you've had a good relationship with your manager and they're doing a good job. That poor performance should not be a surprise to you, all right? But it's always, in my opinion, when you sit down and do that final review, there should be no surprises on there. Throughout the year, you should know if you are meeting your goals or you're not meeting your goals or you're part, you know, ex- uh, significantly uh, exceeding your goals. It so should, it should be no surprise comes come the end of the year when you sit down. This is a confirmation of all the different conversations that we've had, okay? So take that for what it's worth. Ideally, that's what happens. But let's say – for whatever reason, it's a surprise, or it is a bad, you know, you've been struggling all year, and at, at the end of the year, you, for whatever reason, you did not meet your goals, did not meet those key objectives. So you have a bad performance review, okay? Um, what I would definitely recommend to do is have a sit-down meeting with your manager, finding out um, what you need to do to close the gap, and maybe say, here's what I've been doing, okay? Obviously, I'm not able to, I have not been able to achieve that key, that key metric, Okay, I need your help in helping me to achieve this. What can I do? Here's the plans that I've laid out, okay? Is there something that I'm missing? Is there something that um, I am doing incorrectly? Am I reviewing the data wrong? What is the what is the gap? And once you have start that conversation, I would set up a routine meeting with them, reoccurring meeting with them, that you're sitting with them on a regular basis so you can get feedback on how you're performing toward improving your performance. Okay, so it's not a one-time conversation where they're giving you feedback at the end of the year, and now you're not going to talk to them again through the through the end of next year, then you find out you had another year of poor performance. You know, I'm going to start meeting with you once a month, every other week, depends on how how bad the situation is. Mm-hmm. And so they can give you feedback on if you are making improvement. Because a lot of times you could think you're making improvement, but that's not really how they saw it. Or, you know, you know they, they judge... How you perform based on one metric, and you weren't even aware of that you were judging your performance in that category based on something else. Okay, mm-hmm. you know they, they're you thinking they're basing on sales, but you know they're looking at sales growth. You know you met a goal, but I expected you to go ten percent higher. Well, I didn't know that, so you want to make sure you're on the same page. But the only that, way that happens is through specific convers- conversations, and you know your manager owes you the details of what it takes for you to meet your goals. That's okay, right. what it what it makes. What is' it going to take for you to be successful? What is it going to take for you to meet either meets or exceeds on on uh, overall performance?
0: Okay? They owe that to
1: you, so by asking for that and um, you know really requesting that that's not out of bounds of what you should be asking they They owe that information to you,
0: yeah, let me say a couple of things when Darren said a bad performance review shouldn't be a surprise to you, let me clarify what that means. It means that along the way, you should have been getting correction on the things that as they come up. Um, over the course of your six months, I, I don't know how often your performance reviews are, but they should be telling you what's going on, okay? So that you are aware. So let me tell you what that consists of. Bob, you're not meeting your numbers. Uh, Cindy, we got a re- report that your customer service wasn't right. You've missed 72 days out of 80. That's not. I mean, you should be knowing that these things are coming coming along.
1: Absolutely. If your manager is constantly asking you, "Hey, I need that report. I need that report. I need that report," and he shows up by the end of the year and says, "You know, you're late on your reports." He used to give me ind- indirect feedback, or you probably even before that, he said, hey, listen, I keep having to ask you for these reports. You know they're due every month. You know they're due the first of every month. Why do I have to keep reminding you, mm-hmm. okay? So when you get the end of the year, you have performance review, and they say, you know, you're late on your reports, you're below. You're that right should now. not be a surprise. Like,
0: How in the world does that happen? Now, let me say that sometimes mistakes get made by managers. For whatever reason, sometimes managers don't. So, I'm, If we lived in a perfect work work world, yes, you would already know. But I have I have worked with hundreds of people that come in and say, Dr. Noel, I've never gotten a bad review in my life. i got a new boss. And here's usually where you get a lot of performance review issues. When you had a boss part of the, the six months and a different boss the other Absolutely. part of the six months, they have different standards. One person thinks you're great. The other one thinks you're not so great. And so you come out with a bad review. That can happen. You also need to know in bad reviews, is it is it true?
1: Right, correct. Are
0: you really not performing your job? So, like, there are some people who always exceeded their job. Maybe you're supposed to close 50 cases, but you closed 260. Then the next year you close 15, and they say, well, what happened? I thought that you could do 260. Now you're down to, to 250. What, what went on? So sometimes you can set yourself up for a bad review. Another thing is know why the bad review is happening. Um, have you offended someone, so things that maybe they used to let go, they don't let go, because we all know that there are formal rules that work and then informal rules that work.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so sometimes you can offend your manager, and then they start being more critical of what they see you do. So is it true what they're saying, number one? Number two, how can you, without their support, do you know what it would take to go in and correct the situation? If you're doing a job, especially when you've been doing longer than a year or so, and you should know the job. Can you, are you working on always being better at what you do? The third thing is if you don't know how to correct it and they can give you the support, are you amicable enough to get the support or are you argumentative? You know, a lot of people like, one thing not to do from a bad review is curse out the reviewer or huff <laughs> up or holler and scream or you're a liar. If you really want to contest the the information in, find out what the protocol is and then do that written response or whatever the things are that it requires. So the best way to recover, I guess long story short, is find out if what you believe they're saying to be true is is true and if you've got the resources to fix the issue.
1: Mm -hmm. And make sure you understand how they are judging that performance for you. You need to understand because whose responsibility is it? It's your responsibility because it's your performance review. It's not your boss's responsibility. Ideally, you know, he's going to give you all this, but if you don't have an understanding of how they're judging your performance, if any questions, it's your responsibility to get that information from your boss so you can be successful in your performance review.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Second question, I've been off on disability for several months, and I'm afraid of backlash at work. How do I handle this?
1: You know, that's kind of uh, one of those situations where it almost it is what it is. Right, I mean, you're you're coming back. You've done the proper paperwork. You've followed the rules of with at at your job, and now you're coming back. You know, people may look at you funny, whatever the case may be. But at, at the end of the day, you know you were not taking advantage of the system. You know, you had a legitimate reason for being off, and guess what? I'm go I'm here to come back to work. Okay, and I'm 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 leaving it like that. There are formal rules, again. Mm-hmm. The
0: formal rules are most jobs you have the right to take time off, and and people need to do what they have to do for their health. But they're informal rules. Maybe you being gone made Susie Snowflake do two jobs because they weren't going to replace the person because your job is protected by FMLA. You, you could possibly feel backlash from that. So what you have to do is go to work and do your job. That's it. You you have to stop worrying about what anybody else is saying. Go to work and do your job. If there's side comments being made, let them go. Go to work and do your job. That's how you that's how you come back from that. You go to work and you do your job.
1: That's it. I think I, you mentioned. I think the, the main thing, understanding. Guess what? You did the right thing. You followed the procedures. You were not taking advantage of it, so you should not feel bad. I'm going back to work.
0: Yeah, I don't classify like that. Whether people think you're taking advantage I'm talking of about, not, you oh, internally, right, right? I mean,
1: if you know you did something wrong and you were shifty and stuff like that, Whatever. you gonna feel bad,
0: right? Right. But if you know, I think some people feel bad even when they don't, because most people actually want to go to work. I think that's the desire of most people. And so when they're off work, it's a feeling of I needed to take care of myself. But man, other people had to do do this work or do that work. Know that that's their job. It's their right. job to cover the areas when you're not there. So do, go back and do your job once you get back. Agreed. Okay. Next question. Go ahead and read that one. The next
1: the next question. I arrive late to work a great deal, uh, by five or ten minutes or so, but um, but I stay late. I went to my supervisor and explained that I cannot get there earlier. Can I use the leverage that I stay late to save my job? You know, that depends on the individual job. Some jobs are going to be like, you know what? It's not flexible. I You have to be here at whatever the time is, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, whatever it means, and it's a non-negotiable for this particular job. I need you here. I don't care if you stay late. I need you here at 8 o'clock for whatever reason. I need you to address this issue. You, you know, We have people uh, crossing at that point in time. You need to share information with somebody else. There's a point conference call. It will always, always happen at 8 o'clock, whatever the case may be. So it depends on the job. So if that's a key requirement for the job. You may need to look for, say, I need to find another job within this company that's not uh, is not as rigorous with the hours, but it has more flexibility, or look for, possibly look for another job.
0: You know, you can always ask for a work accommodation, and you can always, if there's a like a reason that, that you can prove medically or that there's some other reason and you've got um, some support to back you up with that, if you can prove that in black and white, most jobs allow you to ask for accommodation. Um, with that being said, Everybody would like to arrive a little bit later, leave a little bit earlier, do lunch for two hours instead of one hour. So I think you have to be clear. This is a lifestyle issue. Your work-life balance works where you can only get to work at 8.15. You're supposed to start at 8. If you know that's going to be long-term and those things are going to ding you every time that you're late, then you need to figure out a way through human resources and through the protocol at your job to get an accommodation for that. If not... Then if if they hire you to work from eight to four thirty, and you work from eight fifteen to eight I mean, to four forty five, though you may feel like I'm just making up that right. fifteen minutes, what what didn't get done from eight to eight fifteen?
1: Right, right. It really depends on the job how critical that right. makes, that start time is.
0: Right. The next thing is what are the appropriate boundaries at work? Lots of people like to go out after work, but I want to go home. I can tell some distances for them, but I just really want to go get back to my family how do I handle this that's
1: a great question and it comes up a lot right because we all have families and some companies are a lot more social than others right so it depends on the corporate culture because every company is different um what I try and I'd say is at least once or twice you want to be a part of that I know one company that uh that I was with one time they like to play basketball you know after work okay it was, a, it was kind of not a big deal but you know hey we want to see you out there. You know, we're playing ball. It's team building. We feel comfortable with you. So guess what? I mean, I go every week, but once or twice I did arrange my schedule so I could go out and be a part of that team. So, hey, I am, you know, I am a part of the team. I don't, it's not like I don't like you, but I have family commitments. So if I can work in the schedule once a month, when you guys go out every week, maybe once a month, once every other month, I can come out there and, and, and enjoy the festivities with you guys. Okay? And that's how I would handle it
0: i got to say, I've I've always been at jobs where they wanted me to play with them after work, and it's been always difficult because my schedule has always been so compact that I need to get back where I need to be when I need to be there. And a lot of people, maybe they've got another work-life balance, and maybe they can be gone from home for hours. Maybe they don't want to go home. What I did to resolve that issue is I did my playing with coworkers at lunchtime. Um, hey, you guys, let's all go out here, let's all go out there, so that you are a part of what the team is doing, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do it. Because I understand that, like, if I've been with you eight, nine hours a day, what are we doing at 530 that we couldn't have done at 12 to uh, 12 to twelve 1245 yeah. at lunchtime? time? So I get it, but you have to, right now this team spirit is really big at companies. They want everybody to be happy. There's a lot of work stress. So they do have what I call mandatory funds. You're going to have to figure out, how to manage maybe once a month or how to do that at lunchtime or how to let the team know, man, I really wish I could come, but, you know, I've got this two-year-old and my husband works with foot shift and i got to get home. Like, you shouldn't have to explain that, but people feel slighted, especially once the job kind of has a culture of hanging out when you don't participate in nothing.
1: This goes back to what we talked about in the previous show, to letting your company know about you, right? So if you do have uh, babysitter challenges or, you know, something going on after where you got to pick up the kids it's important that your co-workers you know people kind of know that
0: see i'm a little bit different than that i sort of feel like if i had a job ask me before why can't you stay past six o'clock and i was just thinking in my head i don't want to Under, i don't uh, want uh, to fine. that uh, is that, so, so aggravating, aggravating. If, why if, if, but, do i have to give you eight nine hours a day and then hang out with you for three hours at night it's but it gets messy, Darren. When well, you messy. go to happy hour with coworkers, what? Darren, but listen, though, for what? real. Listen. How many times have people, I know people that got fired, they got a little too tipsy at happy hour, really? they touched somebody, now we're talking about sexual harassment.
1: Uh, understood. I I still believe it's important that folks know, hey, let's say you take public transportation to work, Right. Why is it, why is why is Darren always rushing out at the time? Oh, he can take a train. Oh, yeah, that's why. You know, let, let's set the meeting up so he can be there. So you know, he has to catch that train. It's right. so people are aware of why you're doing what you're doing. Okay, and when when you have a, a after work personal uh, commitment and those times when you do come out, like, hey, we appreciate you making time out of your personal time to come out here once a month, once every month to come out here because you're showing us that you do care about the team. Even though you have other personal commitments,
0: yeah, like your house. I mean, I don't know, Dan. <laughs> I, you and I have always, I've always thought this is like people. Oh, you know, if you never come out and hang out with us after work, and I still, I still get frustrated by that. Why should I do that?
1: I don't have a problem with someone who can't do that every single time. You know, I know people do it for lunchtime. Let's the whole group go. But out that's what lunch. I'm
0: saying. Make it a lunch. Now oh, I was good was for that's that. Not, that's not me. When I worked at this one place, I had lunch with the group. Every day, like I was I, like, awesome.
1: That is not that's totally not me. Like, my lunchtime is is, is mine. I like, get myself ready for work, focus on what I need to do. Maybe call my wife, check in with her.
0: You so, didn't call me today for lunch. What, what did you I really do at lunchtime? I did okay. Take, okay, take, okay, take, take.
1: okay. So, everybody's
0: different. So, you got to kind of find
1: a workaround to still do what you need to do uh, personally with you, but also at least try in some form of fashion. Um, appease the group.
0: Well, I put it on my husband. I say my husband gets really aggressive if I'm not home with dinner ready at a certain time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question says, how do you ask for a raise?
1: Good question. Everybody wants more money, right? The, for me, the biggest thing on raise is data, 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 information, verification, showing why you deserve a raise. Without, without any documentation or, or data why you deserve a raise, it's just, your opinion. So that's not really in the cards. Also, I think it's important to understand the corporate culture is that company, the type that give raises. I don't know that many companies, you know, that usually, yeah, I'm going to ask for a raise and get a raise. More, more, most of the time now it's at a set time of year. It's based on performance. Um, and it only happens on an annual basis, okay? Some, but every company is there. Some companies, you know, you don't have it set in. It's just when you achieve something, then you get a raise. So whenever it, however it's going to work you have to have information and data documentation stating why you deserve a raise. Meaning these were all my uh metrics, KPI KPIs what I had to achieve. I've significantly exceeded all of these in the time frame that was allocated. I believe I'm due for of uh, this raise. And you know that raise may come with okay, you've done very well here. Here's another position for you or we're going to expand your position. You are over uh east coast now you can handle east coast and midwest
0: okay right.
1: you were over you were dealing with one plant okay Well, we have another plant um a couple of cities away that's kind of screw with having you put over two plants okay so that that may come up as you ask for a raise they say okay we do see that you are uh highly impactful to the company doing very well we're going to give you that raise but here's some more responsibilities going to come along with it so be prepared for that
0: Let me say something. Be prepared for them to say no as well. Yes. Um, Raises don't happen because you need a new car. Raises don't happen because, you, you know, your kid left and you need to give them money to pay for their apartment. Generally, there is a salary cap on a lot of positions just based on the work that you do, not on your worth as an individual, but, like, Um, So right now they are picketing about having minimum wage go up to $15, and people are really fighting to have that done. And the companies are arguing the job that you do is not a $15-an-hour job. And so we we wanted these jobs to be for teenagers after school or on the weekends, and so we could pay them $8, $9, right? And so when an adult says, man, I can't feed my kids on that, I need $20 an hour, it's not always going to be possible.
1: I think that's a great point. And, again, it talks about the specifics. You know, we're just going from a general question here. Is, is, is your, the raise your assets? Did you get another degree? Did you? Or is it within the pay range for your position?
0: Correct. correct. Right? Are
1: you trying to, you know, your pay range is, you know, from uh, X to Y, and you're trying to move to Z, or are you just trying to get closer to Y? That's, in the, that's the, the correct information we don't have here. That's, a, that you know, where you're trying to move out of your pay scale, that's a total different situation. Now we're talking about where well, you're going to need to change positions. That's truly the truly, truly trying to do that. Absolutely. If you're trying to trying to get to the closer uh, cap for your position, then bringing up data, having having that uh, information to share.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would
1: have that information um, really tied into performance review time is a good time. But you know, to yeah. so put that on your, you know, so if you had your performance review back in March, right? Well, let's say it's coming up in May. Or you're going to have your performance review with your boss. And he gives you that annual increase. You know what? Well, I'd really like to see this be bigger next year, next mm-hmm. time raises. What do I need to do to get a, a bigger raise?
0: Absolutely. And have that
1: conversation with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, next question. And this one is a good one. It says, I have kids and they call me a lot on my cell phone. The job hates it, but what can I do?
1: This this is a big one because I know I've seen it um, where it's caused issues. People are too much on the cell phone. You know, you're in the meeting, we can't find it. You. You're always on the phone. You know, you're supposed to be here at work. Um, one thing is, it set times, you know, with your kids to, to talk to them. If they need to be talked to that frequently. You know, my lunchtime is this time, I can take a break this time. So they're not randomly calling throughout the day, but there's set time. you know, I got a break at 9 o'clock, I got lunch at noon, another break in the afternoon, and have that planned out if possible, okay, if if that's at all possible. Okay.
0: You know, one of the things you want to work on is setting boundaries with your children. I mean, unless you have a chronically ill child that has to – I mean, those things are very different. And then, again, this is something you work out with HR for an accommodation. I have yes. a, You have a chronically ill child. You have your mother at home who's ill and you're taking care of her. I mean, if those are things you're doing, you, you formally set up accommodations for that. If it's that Billy and Susie, okay, they text you when they get home from school, okay, that's fine. Then they beat each other up over a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they text you to figure (laughs) that out. Those are not really reasons to be calling you at work. I mean, so you have to set some boundaries about these are callable issues, these are not, I cannot take phone calls at work unless it's an emergency. Who is the adult that's going to be with them? Manage that through the adult. Hey, make sure that they know. Because a lot of jobs are just like, why are you on the phone when you should be working? That's a safety hazard. Are you operating heavy equipment? Are you working uh, patient face forward so that you're working with consumers and they see you on the phone all the time, like what are you doing? And right. so you're going to have to figure out a way to set those boundaries. And, and it's simple. The kids are calling because you keep picking up. Stop picking up, especially if it's over um, things that are not emergent, and let them know that, listen, I can talk to you, like Darren said, at 9, noon, and then I'll call you on my ride home. to talk all the way on the ride home. Right. But you're going to have to set some limits for that. Yep. Agreed. Great. Um, I feel picked on, number seven, I feel picked on by my peers. Um, I am almost ashamed to admit this, but they do not like me and I do not know why. Is there a way to change this?
1: And i say nothing to be ashamed about not everybody's going to get along. So, but, t- but taking a look into that question, um, again, we're just going from there. I don't know if this is has always been like that or something changed and now everybody, you know, you made a decision or you, you did something or didn't do something, and now everybody's upset with you, so now they're mad at you. Or, you know, they've ever since you started this, for whatever reason, just the chemistry wasn't there, you guy just didn't get along. Um, so to to be determined, it could be someone that you have, there anybody at work that you are friendly with who can kind of maybe give you some feedback, hey, well, you know, you know what's going on. Um, based on your relationship with your boss, you can bring it to them. You know, if you have that kind of relationship with them, you can ask mm-hmm. them, say um, I don't have any problem here, but it seems like some people are angry with me. Is anything going on, you know, maybe they're aware of it, maybe they're not aware of it. Um, so, again, depend on your relationship with your boss. I'm not sure if he's considered one of the people that don't like you either, but if you have a good relationship with them, that's something that you may want to bring up with them to kind of ask them maybe some feedback. Hey, am I doing something to offend my coworkers in any form of fashion? And, uh, you know, because he, he or she may be aware of something that, Your coworker told them what I really had to share with you. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know, last week at the monthly uh, meeting, you threw that that team under the bus. You know, you shared some information that you guys should probably handle internally. You kind of blew it up and shared the information out. It kind of embarrassed everybody. Mm -hmm. That may be something like that. So you got to get some feedback from someone who is willing to share that information with you in confidence.
0: Absolutely, and 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 to me, you people kind of generally know what the deal is. So search your own awareness and see if you can kind of narrow down what the problem is. But I agree with Darren. This sounds more like an HR issue. You go to HR and say what's going on, or you go to your manager and figure out if, if the environment to do that. Yep. So last question. We, we, we've we only got about 90 seconds. Number eight, love the job, hate the pay. Should I stay because I'm happy or leave?
1: It really depends on what your priority is. You know, if you're okay with uh, – obviously you hate the pay – but I don't know how, you know how much that impacted you financially or not. You may not like it, but you're still your lifestyle is still okay and stuff like that. But if you want some more money, you know, if you love the job, maybe is there another um, position within that same company, maybe that same culture that can ha- happen to you? Is there another location you can transfer to that will give you more money? Things of
0: that nature. Right. Again, it's a work-life balance issue. Is your sanity for sale, if so, for how much? You know, sure. that, that's the question you have to ask. And I think lots of people go through that. I, I know some of the best jobs that people tell me that they ever had are the ones that paid the lease. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Next question, any advice to new managers on how to handle peers that are now your subordinates?
1: You know, be ginger with that, okay, because obviously you don't want to burn those bridges mm-hmm. with those folks that were friends that you had before. Uh, now that you moved up, you have to you have to turn the tide and make a relationship that it is where you are now in charge, okay? But I wouldn't try and embarrass them or overdo it in front of them. Like, you got to listen to me now. and I'm the boss and I'm going to bust you out. Um, and if you know some information that they had that you guys were doing together or, or stuff like that,